Hello, everybody, and welcome to the final episode of 2021, question mark, of Bloody Good Horror. My name's Eric, and I'll be your host for this evening, where we will be counting down, or rather, John Schnars will be helping us count down the top 10 horror movies of 2021. Kind of the only good thing about 2021, John, is the horror movies. <laughs> um, we were all set to record this next week. We typically drop this show before New Year's. Uh, but John, you got the crud last week, so we had to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got the the vid. What do we? What do the kids call? I don't, I don't like know. the vid. Crud? The, I, that doesn't. I like crud. <laughs> the crud. That's like what my yeah. grandma calls it. You got? <laughs> like, yeah, you I got, was gonna say the Rona. We've been in this long enough. The, the Rona. Rona's like dated, right? Yeah. You got the crud. Caitlin got that crud. Gave it to me via <laughs> Skype two or three weeks ago. I think it was like was. it was like day of, right? Um, I feel like what, it was that morning mean? or something yeah, that, you, that you let us no no I'm talking about that John let us know that we weren't well recording. so I was like so I, I, I I'm pretty sick. sure I had already gone I got it I was all excited because you know John year ender day is like Christmas to me it's actually better yeah, than yeah. Christmas because uh, no one's ever disappointed on year ender day yeah. <laughs> I remember getting you don't have up to yell at any children hopefully. I got up and excitedly posted in a big show it's year under day. And then literally within five minutes, you attack. And then I wrote five yep. minutes later, you, you could see I wrote, just kidding, John's sick. We're going to do it next week. <laughs> I considered uh, texting you all on Tuesday. And I was like, you know, maybe I'll feel better. And I felt much worse. <laughs> and I woke up on Wednesday morning and I was like, I was, I was in really bad shape. Um, yeah. So I technically tested positive on Wednesday. I would say Monday was like my symptoms started. And, um, I'm on day nine and like not a hundred percent. Like it's yeah. it's still hanging around. Um, John texted it, me. He was like, "Oh, it's like real, real." <laughs> <laughs> I don't mess. It don't play from what I hear. No, well, it's funny because everyone else in my family, well, everyone but my five year old got it as well, and I had it by far the worst, um, which sucks. Like I was fully boosted. It's not like I like I've done all the right things. What I did wrong, I can't remember if I told you guys this, for um, Christmas, we bought my mom, who is a very hardcore Philadelphia Eagles fan, we bought her tickets to Eagles Giants, December 26th, John, at the link. You got infected and, by Eagles. No, no, no. Fans. I was already, I mean, the like the math like doesn't work out. Like I was sick before then. Um, but I went to the game and I was wearing a mask, like I was wearing a mask not when I was like eating and drinking, but I was like wearing a mask while we were there. I would guess it was like a third of people had masks, oh. uh, but there were a lot of bleacher creatures. Like we were not in good seats. We were in like bleacher the, creatures. What the, does that mean? We were where the real fans sit. Ah. I, you know? um, the working class folks. It was, it was. The dude, people's well, seats. There's are no you, such thing. Are you sitting in the cheap seats by choice of your mom because she's a real fan or were you just cheaping out on mom's oh, Christmas? We, I mean. Dude, oh, those like, good the, seats the, are sold out. Yeah. I mean, well, the yeah. Eagles tickets, like there's no such thing as cheap seats. Like, you know, you're paying, I don't, I don't know what we paid, but like we also paid markup because we got, we had to get them on the secondary market, whatever. Long story short, we were so we're you not in like so you broke crazy. you broke the law and got COVID is what you're admitting here live on. Wait, what? Podcast. What was the law breaking? The secondary market. What does that mean? Oh, like StubHub. We got them on like okay. Seek or something. I thought you meant like some. They were legal. You meant some Scalper. dude on the street. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the. No, I don't think scalping's ever. I don't know the lingo, John. Last They've time I went to legit a, with the secondary. Last market. time I went to an NFL game, it was 1994. 
so this was my first game at the Eagles quote unquote new stadium, which is like nine years old or something, or maybe even older than that. Actually, I don't know, but it's been a long time and, uh, no, so it was great. But like Monday I was like, huh, maybe I'm just hung over. Cause I was drinking at 10 AM on Sunday. And then it was like Tuesday. I was like, I'm not hung over anymore. Like this is not good. And then it was like Wednesday. Oof. I was like, Oh, I'm fucking that's, real sick. That's rough, dude. Did you have so, to go find a real test or did you just take a rap test and then just quarantine? Yeah, no, no. I just, we took the at-home tests. Suzanne, my wife, uh, bought, um, she, she ordered. Yeah, my wife. My wife bought, ordered 10 boxes of at-home tests, mm-hmm. like end of November before like it went crazy and like yeah. no one could get uh, so we have like a shitload of them stockpiled but well that's good well john yeah. his address if anyone needs one <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. John, i hear they're going uh, for a marco right now <laughs> we're all extremely happy john that you're you and the family are feeling better we're excited here for the year under I'm, I'm drinking eric i'm drinking i, I always saying. like to hear that so let's take a quick break and uh count down the top 10 horror movies of 2021 this is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. Stop the front time. Main feature. Uh, hey, John. Whitney on Slack would like you to know mm. that your hair looks very Lord Farquaad tonight. Oh. Um, that's a Shrek reference for anyone out there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I'm know. familiar with Shrek. So. Um, so, <laughs> so there you go. Saw John. the first one in the theater, you know, hardcore. It's, <laughs> but, dude, <laughs> uh, whatever. I don't want to get on another tangent. They're the worst movies that have ever been made. Oh, they're so bad. John, <laughs> they're so bad. People love Shrek. They the are, first one is fine. They like, are offensively bad as anything. <laughs> like I, ugh. John, I'll defend the first one, but the, yeah, they, they get very bad. John, very before quickly. you get into your spiel here, is it, are we doing a word of the day? No. God damn it. <laughs> I, I texted <laughs> to say no we word. This, yeah, we, there was a text. Love hey, it. No, no word. Tell me about the year under John. What what do we do oh, here? What do we need to know as the participants tonight? And what does the audience need to know? Yeah, I mean, not a lot, right? Like the goal here is uh, for y'all to have a good time. Uh, the audience will also theoretically have a good time. And uh, we're going to talk about some movies from 2021. Um, what do you need to know? I will be counting down. There is There's the top 10 that was voted on by BGH. We'll talk about some of the details there. Uh, I have two honorable mentions. We also have our patron top 10 where we will make some fun of the patrons <laughs> and their collective movie opinions. Never. Um, and yeah, I mean, so uh, the way that it works is for each film, I'm going to give you the movie. I'm going to give you the number of lists that it was on. So uh, some details there. We, we had 10 voters this year in the Bloody Good Heart Pool. For, for newcomers to this podcast, which, you know, to welcome, what, or how the hell did you get here? No, um, but, uh, <laughs> but the, the way we do this is, this is not like a, my opinion, this is a Bloody Good Horror best of the year. And the way we do it is, there is everyone gets to vote. Everyone who is a, I, I hesitate to use the word, employee, a quote-unquote <laughs> Contributing employee, member, how's that? Yes, a contributing member of Bloody Good Horror. Um, be at the website or the show or both. Correct. So we had 10 voters, same number of voters as last year, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
everyone fills out their top 10 and I sort of aggregate that through the power of spreadsheets into a, <laughs> a collective top 10. Um, I aggregate so you through the down, power of spreadsheets. I will, I will give you the movie. I'll give you the number of lists it's on. I'm going to give you the highest position that it was on any person's lists. And then one of the four of us will be the presenter for that movie. In general, that per- the presenter of the four of us is the person who had it the highest on their list. And I did not prepare you all for this. So, uh, you know, you're going to be kind of getting called on a little willy nilly. Um, but yeah, that's it. And then I have some other fun stuff toward the end. Um, and then we'll talk, we'll talk patrons and, uh, yeah, some other, you know, we, we can, we can then debrief on 2021 as a year, I guess. Love it. Let's do it. Okay. All right, Eric, let's start with the high level stats. As I said, we had 10 voters. Mm -hmm. We had 40 different movies receive a vote this year. And what I can tell you is that's a good spread with 10 voters. That was the highest number of movies per voter. It's a it's a stat that I've been tracking. We've been doing this this countdown for since 2012. So this is the ninth <gasps> next one of these lists. Ten years of this. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, we this is the ninth one, and this is it's the first time that we've had four quote unquote unique movies per voter. Hmm. Um, we had previously had 3.8. That was the the high. Um, but there's some years where, like, you know, 2019, we had 29 movies for 14 voters. Hmm. So this is a very diverse year in terms of, like, a that's, lot of movies were on different lists. That's super interesting. Um, yeah. Um, there were, and I'll just, I'll say it up front, there were uh, six movies that received a number one vote, which, it's high. It's not the highest. Uh, excuse me. It's f- it was five movies. Um, five movies received a number one last year. We actually had a lot more diversity in that there were eight number ones out of ten votes. Mm-hmm. So a um, little bit more concentrated this year. But uh, yeah, so let's look. We'll dip in. We're going to start with the honorable mentions. We can go a little quickly with these. Uh, the first one we can go very quickly on. <laughs> this is number twelve. I what I would say is. Uh, the 13 and 14th film were very, very close to the number 12. I ha- you got to draw a line somewhere. I'm drawing a line at 12. The movie is Mad God. Oh, I never heard of it. Okay. Well, it is only on two lists, but it was quite high on the list that it was on. Can we say uh, whose list there? Uh, yeah. Well, John Shelton had it number three on his list. Mm-hmm. I I did a little research, so I'm the presenter here because I knew that mostly that you guys would have been like, horror? Um so this movie, this is the guy, Phil Tippett is the guy's name. It is a stop motion animation film. So mm. Phil Tippett, I guess, is like kind of a legendary stop motion animation guy, filmmaker, you know, S- F- FX person. 30 years he's been making this movie. Um, so it was it was finally released. Um, I watched the trailer. Like, I don't even know what to tell you. It's fucking, <laughs> it looks wacky. Um, the, the description of the movie is also incredibly wacky, but like, um, mad God is the name of the movie. Um, the other person who had it on their list was Natalie, by the way. So, um, yeah, but also had it quite high. Uh, so it, it and their combined high placement is what gets it to number 12. I need to see a trailer now. 
I, Eric, I feel like we got to put this on our list to watch because <laughs> this feels like it's going to be right up your alley. I've actually heard of this one. I'm pretty excited to see it. I kind of forgotten to come out in 2021 because there was some, I had some older clips of it that had been released over the years since the guy started working on it. Yeah, it might be on Shutter. I'd have to double check that, but um, yeah, Mad God. All right, so number eleven. This is our this is our other honorable mention. Just missing the top ten. The movie is The Stylist. It's on three lists. Uh, Luke, our buddy Luke. Luke is first of all power horror movie watcher. I think he. I mean, if He's definitely among all of us, probably seen the most films or, or, or certainly up there. Um, he writes a ton of reviews for the website. Uh, Luke had this at number two. So wow. this is definitely the, the, the Luke, the Luke shout out. Um, Caitlin, you had this the highest of the crew. You might've been the only one to have it on your list on the crew uh, of this crew. Uh, so you had it at number seven. Do you want to just, is there anything you want to say about the stylus? Yeah, we watched it pretty early on this year, I feel like. And it was... I mean, it was decently repulsive, like in the best way. She was scalping people. It's very scary. Yeah. It's a memorable movie. Like I, it did not make my list. I don't even think I loved it when we reviewed it. I mean, but, (laughs) but uh, it's like, I won't, I remember it, you know, which is more than you could say for a lot of movies that we watched. You know, this is kind of this year, there were a lot of like uh, kind of disturbed, lonely female leads. We had like St. Maud and Censor and the stylist. And this, I mean, this gal, she was scalping people, trying on their personalities. It was, it was a weird one, but I really liked it. I was, I was glad to see it on another list. I remember seeing it and being like, yeah, love for the stylist. Let's go. Luke, he's you know he's holding it down for the stylist. Um, Casey, Eric, any any stylist comments? I like Eric. that movie. I like that movie for its uniqueness and like Caitlin was saying, it's a gal that's freaking scalping people. You don't see that a whole lot. So I did like it. It just didn't make my top ten. Yeah, it was on my list early on. I think I had it. I had it floating in my list there for a while until I saw some more stuff. It's definitely unique. I'll definitely give it that. I don't know that it fully like comes together. But it has a lot of stuff in it I've never seen, which is always always gets a thumbs up for me. Eric, it was your number twelve. I have your list in front of me. Boom! <laughs> there you go. Nice. You, it was an honorable mention for Eric. Yeah. So there you go. Right on. Right on cue. All right. Number ten. Here we are. We're in the top ten now. Officially, the film Caitlin just mentioned is Censor. This is on four lists. Natalie actually had it the highest. She had it. This was Natalie's number two. Um, Casey, you are the presenter. You had it as your number five film. I did. This was a good one. And this one stood out to me because it's one of those weirdo flicks that's different than anything we tend to see normally, just kind of the angle and the plot. And that's what really stood out to me. And that's what makes movies memorable, memorable to me more than anything is when they stand out just with a weird plot. And this one was great, the setup of it, uh, the way it was shot and the way it looked. It just kind of hit a lot of notes for me. And it was, the plot was out there too. So good stuff all around. The video nasties. The video nasties. Well, you mentioned like, we saw a lot of movies and we'll hit on it on a couple more, a couple, you know, down the list, but where it's like the kind of, uh, I don't know, Unhinged female, (laughs) (laughs) crazy young woman. Um, But uh, 
But like this one also, the other theme was sort of like people who may or may not be experiencing Mm -hmm. mental health crises or something. Yeah. And how that's manifesting. And that goes back. That's been like a theme, I think, through a lot of films over the last, like, let's say, like two or three years. Um, But maybe even more so this year. And this is like, in my mind, I think it it was on my list. I'd have to double check. But um, uh, it's like one of the best versions of that. And I think Casey totally agree. Like it does some like a the video nasty stuff is fun. Yes. And like the like clips they show are super kind of like kooky and weird. Um, but then it also like it does that. Is she or is she not? Right. Because like, they have a bunch real? of didn't they have a bunch of like made up video net like pretend yeah, video yeah. nasties or something like that. That's kind of some cool. of them were, but some of them were real. I thought if I remember right. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying I feel to like think back. Eric, that'd be the perfect job for you. Where they were like, we need you to make fake video nasties to like have her review. And I mean, your job was to make these like 20 second clips. Yet. The funny thing <laughs> is that movie, job. <laughs> that movie didn't super stick with me, but I do remember really loving the aged effects they put on, like the, the whole thing, how it looked was. Well, cause it's a period piece, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, I just remember the office was, like, that they worked out of was, like, wood panel walls and carpet. Like, that's that's the kind of stuff that, speaks, dark as hell. that speaks to me, Schnars. Yeah, everybody's, like, smoking up. And <laughs> Remember the, the guy in the sweater who asked her on a date? Very memorable wardrobe and color scheme. Yes. <laughs> Reminds me of my childhood, John. You mean brown? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some, some mauve. I some think there's mauve, mauve in there. olives. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so censor number 10, number nine, the film is Werewolves Within. So this was on five lists. We're, we're at a point, there, there's a couple more that kind of, we'll, we'll talk about, but like, we're at a point where a lot of these films are now on a majority of lists. Um, Luke had this the highest, so he edited number four. So this is on five lists, but it's not that high on anyone's list. I think of this group, Eric, you had it the highest at number seven. Actually, yeah, I had this way up on my list for a lot of the year wasn't until there was kind of some some late uh entries to the game that knocked it down but it's great it's um i think i said at the time it was one of the purest horror things we saw all year even though it is obviously like a horror comedy it's just a we watched a lot of weird genre bending stuff this year uh and it was just, it's just kind of an old school horror comedy that's done really well while sort of it, it has that classic feel to it, but it's also working with more updated, modern kind of characters and ideas. And I think that's what makes it really potent as a movie. Um, I can't remember that guy's name, the lead character there. Sam um, Richardson. Yeah, he's yeah. super funny. Yeah, I loved the female lead too. They have a great chemistry together and the way all that stuff unfolds is just a lot, a ton of fun. It's a, it's Her just, name is AT and T woman. I, I was going to say AT and T girl. I was trying not to do or that. AT&T I don't know. I figured it was better to say I don't remember her name than to call her the AT and T girl. She's great. She is great. She's yeah, good. it's a it's very enjoyable. Um, this movie was actually pretty high on my list for a good chunk of the year too, like at four or five, and eventually at the end of the year, there right at the end, we there's a couple movies we caught that kind of knocked it out of contention. But mm-hmm. the cast is what stood out to me. I love the cast, and there's some great comedians in here, and they all work together. It just made it a fun flick. Yeah. yeah I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I watched this in a in a group setting at someone's house, and we were having such a good time being like, I think it's this person. Like a very goofy, cheeky, whodunit type of vibes. Like it was a really fun yeah. one to watch in a group, too. 
Well, somebody, and I'm, I can't remember who said it when we did this on the show, but like, it, it's probably more comedy than horror. Like this movie, like, and Kate, but directly to Casey's point, like the cast is like pretty knockout when you look at comedic sort of actors and, you know, getting that level of talent in one place. Um, yeah, it is. It's a lot of fun. I love Sam Richardson. I've been watching Detroiters, which is on Paramount Plus. If you don't have Paramount Plus, you're really missing out on Detroiters. But um, it's uh, yeah, I don't know the movie. I don't like I can't even remember what ends up like. I remember what ends up happening at the very end. But there's a lot of that like whodunit stuff that kind of like washes over you, I feel like, because you're just like there. I was there for the gags more than anything. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Werewolves. Uh, this next one. This is an interesting one. Number eight. The movie is Violation. And I'm going to call this the Zombie Girls Tribute. Oh. So we've been telling me to watch it. I need well, to. Well, <laughs> and and we had I should have maybe I should have said this up front. This year, like well, obviously one of the big changes, we you know, we lost some folks along the way, but we picked up some some new friends in in the Zombie Girls crew. Um and so among that group, so this was on three lists. It's on Ariel's list, it's on Matilda's list, it was on Rachel's list. Nice. <laughs> but uh, so it's but it's very high on all their lists. Um, so Rachel was the highest. She had it at number two. Um, I did go and watch this trailer and sort of like read about this. This is on Shudder for anyone who's interested. Um, I like did consider watching it just so I could like talk about it. And I had COVID and was like, you know what? I'm watching fucking Marvel movies instead. Uh. <laughs> but, um, it's it's sort of like a – it's I mean, from what you pick up from the trailer and, like, the description, it's basically like a, a, a more of a, like, a revenge uh, thrillery thing. The, the, the description, troubled woman on the edge of divorce returns home to her younger sister after years apart. But when her sister and brother-in-law betray her trust, she embarks on a vicious crusade of revenge. Anything that starts with troubled woman. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, so here we are. Kaylin's like, or, tell me more. Yeah, yeah. Or, she murders people at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go troubled on. Troubled woman. It's on it's on uh it's on topic for 2021, I guess. Um but yeah, so shout out to the zombie girls yeah. for being great partners and friends to us at Bloody Good Horror and for having their own movie on the top ten list. Yeah, no one else would I love it. it. That's how you know they've infiltrated. Yeah, for that. yeah violation. Um, so there you go. Violation. That was seven or eight? That was number eight. That was eight. Okay. Don't rush us, Caitlin. I, I, you didn't say the number. I didn't want to call you out. I like it's it. the first time she's excited. I like it when Schnars goes slow. I, uh, <laughs> I, I will share the list at some point. It usually <laughs> takes several people asking. <laughs> All right. The next one. Number seven. The movie is The Green Knight. Oh. So it's only on four lists. Two of those lists were Casey and mine that I know for sure. Casey, you had this as your number one film. It's our first number one. Uh, yep. you, you are our presenter. I love this movie. It just It's a grandiose adventure tale. And we haven't had a movie like that in a long time. Yes, you could argue that this isn't really a horror movie. And I'm not going to argue against you on it. I just thought it was really put together in the package and this journey and Sir Gawain's, you know, quest that he was on. I was just kind of swept up and enraptured with it. I was looking forward to this movie ever since they started advertising it. It had creepy elements. It looked fantastic. And 
I was just really into it from beginning to end. So, and we covered it on the show. So I went ahead and added it. Yeah. It's an incredibly uh, unique original movie. Um, there was definitely some debate about whether it even counted, but as longtime listeners know, we do what we want. So there it is. Yeah. Um, it was, I, eight, it was I, a 24 so pretty high on my list as well. It was, I, it was in my top three. And like, I think that the film uses enough sort of like horror genre. language. It's yeah. There's it's a whole not, scene yeah. with the we headless. We don't need to prove ourselves or just. No, no, I know, but anyway, I claim it for horror. Yeah, it's really good, and, yeah. and I felt very comfortable. I still would like somebody to me that we did cover it, and it was the favorite thing I saw last year as far as like a spectacle movie, and so I think it was a good fit for number I, one. I would still very much like someone to explain to me the giant naked people, but other than that, I was pretty into it. <laughs> I forgot about that. This was my number five. Oh, I will so. never, I will never forget about the giant naked people because I was just like, what. Well, you're watching it at work, I'm pretty sure, and you're like, oh, God, did you change the screen? <laughs> um, no, I think I might actually watch that one now. Okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, this movie says, like, pretty intense shit just about, like, mortality and yeah. Oh, yeah. the human experience in a way that, like, you know, a lot of movies try and, and don't get there. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, I loved I mean, this was very high on my list. Guys, I just realized, uh, I, and I'm embarrassed already. Uh, we had 11 voters this year. So all the numbers I've been giving you, just caveat 11. So who did 11. you forget? <laughs> uh, the le- there was, I won't, I don't need to name names. There was, there was a list that came <laughs> in last week you. while I had COVID. I, so basically what I did is I prepped all this stuff like on Monday so that we were going to do the show last Wednesday. And then when I was getting sick, it got, it got, it got a little ugly. And I added someone sort of late in the game and gotcha. didn't update everything. So here we are. Uh, Look, we're at number six. This is the halfway point, okay? And when I say that, the next film is on seven lists. So we're getting to movies that a lot more votes. Consensus. Uh, this one, interestingly, not super high on any specific list, but it did make a lot of lists. The the quote-unquote film is the Fear Street trilogy, oh, wow. which, we, which we treated as one film. Love it. Um, the highest was on Rachel, Rachel mm-hmm. Shadow of... Uh, Zombie Girls. Uh, she had it at number four. Eric, you had it at number six. You were the highest of this nice. group here. Yeah, that was such a uh, such a cool thing um, to have it travel through the three different eras. And I actually, if I had to pick one, I would pick the like um, somehow colonial town in Ohio or whatever. <laughs> like the, that, that one I thought had was probably the most tense and scary. Um, it's very silly, very campy. I love, um, how much, how well it utilizes this sort of the iconography of the books to both sort of g- grab inspiration for the villains and also, Pay homage, you know, like in the beginning, you get the bookstore with all the books and like the text. And I have to give full credit to for um, uh, to Elizabeth for introducing me to all this stuff because I was Johnny. We've covered. I didn't really read when I was a kid, like ever. No, so, yeah. um, but still she, up in the air. She and she read. was on that show and and did a great job of bringing that perspective of like fans and people who are really into it. Um, so I wouldn't have I wouldn't know all this without her. But it was. It was really cool. And I think what's cool, I think the movies sort of stand on their own, even if you haven't read the books, but they also, if you have, I imagine it's just this massive dose of nostalgia alongside it, which we all know I can get down with. So, And it was a really, having them drop three weeks in a row 
this was kind yeah. of like a, for me with with how much stuff was streaming, it was sort of like the year of at home events. Um, meaning like, yeah, we didn't always get out of the theater, but there were these cool little horror events, streaming events that happened that sort of were special little moments. And this was this was one of them. I thought it was cool. That like that to me is almost like I had this on my list, you know. Um, I am super glad I watched it. Like I was I think I was the one lobbying hardest to cover all three of them in one sitting. Yeah. Or in Which is one, the way like, to go. I think the definitely the way to go. Which, yeah, like, I don't know that I would have gotten all three of them otherwise. Um, but I totally agree. Like, to me, it's almost more like I, I value it as like a content experience and like an event. And yeah. look, it does work. Like, they, they work together. They work independently. They're not, no one of them is like a great film. But the overall experience, yeah. I think, was awesome. And I think it is like emblematic of like where the universe is going and like it's kind of experimental yeah. it's experimental in a way that's really interesting sure uh, and I, it's nice to see those experiments pay off and like you said john not not any of the three were necessarily a great movie but they were all good watchable movies and they were enjoyable so you put that together with that spectacle of the release and you get to see all three decades in one go you know pretty much in one go with yeah. a, within only three weeks instead of three to six years so yeah it's exciting it also it's a, it's a borderline cheat for us because like i don't allow people to vote for like horror series or like you know like midnight mass came yeah. up well i wanted to we'll throw a shout out later to midnight mass but like um this is like it's like yeah it's three movies not <laughs> episodes of a series like yeah, it's even longer know. it also does and i said this about a previous film and already forgot what that movie was john because of my brain but it does the same thing I was talking about earlier, which is that it takes this nostalgic form, but it's introducing ideas and characters that are much more modern. So like nostalgia in the way it's obviously nostalgic for the books, but we are very much scratching that like eighties summer camp slasher vibe, obviously in the one and like, um, a little bit of Amblin movies thrown in there and stuff. And almost like, almost like, um, pop rocks a 24 in the third movie a little bit <laughs> it's like but you're doing that and then you have these like two lgbt characters like as your leads you're sort of reframing these traditional teen stories from this point of view which you didn't used to see back in the day when these types of movies were more popular so and they did a really great job um i thought and i know it got it got those films a lot of you know praise as well for doing that I like, I really like when I'm all for a movie that feels so young that it confuses the shit out of me. I know what was that streaming movie we watched? I know you guys were like old fogey and it up hard when we watched that movie. Um, what was that movie with the Spree? kid from Stranger Things? Spree, yeah. <laughs> I but, did not old, old fogey that for the record. No, listen, in some ways, like, or, or um, um, uh, what, I'm trying to think. I'll volunteer for fogeying on that. <laughs> assassination. I think assassination nation is a, is another one I think of where it's like, that's just a thoroughly modern youth movie to the point where like us olds, you watch it and you're like, man, like you can get with it, but it's, you got to really get you, put yourself out there. I'm yeah, into that. Cool. Cause I, I think it keeps us young schnars, but I also appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate this new kind of lane. I've seen a lot in horror where it is. And there was a one a movie that, it wasn't great, so we didn't review it. It was something about in the house or something like that. There's someone inside your house. Yes, so I watched that, and it's very, it's very similar. I really like this new lane of horror movies that's emerging that is like paying homage to these older 
types of horror movies that at times were problematic, but it's taking the whole character and social structure of it and, and weaving it in a more modern way that is. Mm. So there's like, a, I've seen a bunch of movies like that this year. I'm enjoying that. Mm. Okay. I did not You're... see the Fear Street trilogy, you guys. I need to catch up. Caitlin. You didn't see it at all. I didn't. Oh, I know. God. It's good. All right, yeah. No, you I'm should check Elizabeth it out. It's worth still it. talks to you. I know. I want, you to know I want you to know how hard it was for me to watch three movies in one week, John, even though they <laughs> came out over the three. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, all right, number five. Number five. Uh, we're going to go back to Eric with this one. I, I usually try not to have back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Music to my ears. Um... The movie is Promising Young Woman. Oh. It's I on mean, five lists. Eric had this. It is number one. Yeah. Caitlin, you didn't? It's uh, it's on my list, but it's number nine. Wow. wow. Okay. I have, I have many questions. Uh, <laughs> there were times that like, I'm trying to remember what. Can you see what I had for number two, John? I, I mean, I can. Yeah. You oh, had the night God. house as number two. The night house. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think there were a lot of years where the night house would have been number one. And after we saw that, I looked at it and really thought about it. But I just think Promising Young Woman is such an important movie, or it feels like it. It was a real moment, and not only in horror, but it felt like a movie that transcended into pop culture in a lot of ways. Um, you know, what's mind blowing about that film is that it's taking on an incredibly difficult, huge. Um, societally entrenched sort of issue and it's doing it so subtly while still being just an amazing movie. And I, I cannot say enough how hard the juggling is that that movie is doing. Um, the way that it like uh, gives so much color to, to her experience. It also like spends a lot of time giving color to the people around her that are doing things that we look at and they're like, well, that's not good. Like, but it, it sort of leaves you to condemn them anyway, but it's still presenting the humanity. And I just thought that was like, man, it would be so easy to miscalculate any part of that movie. And it just ends up being like incredibly powerful. Um, you know, like in my opinion, the best form of like a revenge kind of, genre movie that's ever been made because it has so much of that depth that I feel like that genre is usually lacking. Um, also just personally, I, um, as, as a person who listened to that Bo Burnham inside album more than point, uh, Oh, one percent or something of people in the world, some, (laughs) some insane stat. According Um, to your Spotify rep, do you mean? Yeah. I've always been a big, a big fan of his and I, I, man, I was just blown away by that inside album and he's really good in that movie. Like he's, he's good to the point where we're like, when you start to get to the end, you're like, Oh, it's like crushing. It's real bad. Um, yeah, I just, man, I really would like to hear Caitlin's thoughts as well, but I, I really love that movie. Caitlin defend yourself. No, (laughs) no, no. I just, I would like to give Caitlin the floor to talk about it. It's a, it's a, an amazing movie. It's, I feel like more better than probably any other movie that comes to mind right now, at least, especially in horror, horror adjacent. And I think that's why it slipped on some lists because it, it is more of a thriller and it doesn't hit some of the horror beats. So mm-hmm. when you're making a horror list, it might, you know, fall down a, a few, uh, a few numbers, but I feel like it explains rape culture in a way that's really 
uh, understandable for a lot of people. I feel like, you know, when you talk about it, people are like, oh, yeah, bad guys do bad stuff. And it's like, no, good guys do bad stuff, too. Yeah. And yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Like and especially someone as lovable and just beloved as Bo Burnham. You know what it does, dude? It it shows you that even even good people like it's not enough to be good you have to be brave because what we see repeatedly throughout the movie is people who you could argue might be good but when their own like uh reality and lives are threatened by what this truth would bring out then they can't do the right thing uh, and that's what we see in particular you know with Bo Burnham although he does end up being pretty shitty after that um but I for well, me it's, it's also like, like the you know the sort of the it's easier to do nothing than it is to then to speak up and do anything yeah, and yeah. you know I feel like when you're talking about making the choice to be brave it's yeah no one a lot of characters in that movie did not make that choice and you wanted them to so mm-hmm. badly and she you know Nina is the only character that really follows through she does so in a wild way but um I don't and know it's, it's just I think it resonated with a lot of people I feel like when we talk about rape culture, I feel like that's such a, a hard thing for people to understand and it gets used in feminist circles so much. And I feel like I'm so used to talking about it that when I say it to other people, they don't really get it. And this just explains I mean, it so well dude, in, a, in can, such a moving way. You can literally be like, just watch this. Like, because it, right. how yeah. it's so hard to, descri- to describe to someone a systemic problem when you see it and they don't. That's a, yeah, it's like she set out to like, explain it while still making it, you know, making this film. And obviously like it's Carrie Mulligan is her name, right? The lead mm-hmm. actress. She's incredible. I think and so moving in this movie. And the other one for me that uh, obviously like Bo Burnham, but man, I think I decided after watching this movie that Alfred Molina low key might be like one of the best actors alive. Cause like, <laughs> Love Alfred and you know, what's funny is I haven't seen him in a lot, <laughs> but I've always thought that that scene of his in Boogie Nights is like one of the greatest things ever put to film. And Dude, like Eric, and Spider-Man. I know we were just bro. talking about Spider-Man. He's Diego Rivera. <laughs> but, um, I think that was pre-show we were talking man, about. Man, he's in this <laughs> film for a short amount of time and is so powerful. Like when oh, he's on screen. Yeah. Yeah. Also some pretty iconic stylistic moments, like with yeah. the fingernails and the costume and the toxics on the strings, like the wig. It, oh it's, yeah. It's yeah. an incredibly like, it, visually the movie was yeah. nominated for best picture, right? Like this is like a, it's it's fairly rare for the bloody good horror list and the like Oscar <laughs> best pictures. The Academy to have over it, it. Like it's happened like three or four times that I can remember. Um, well, it's yeah. time they finally started control. <laughs> yeah, finally, exactly. I yeah, I love this movie too. I mean, Caitlin, your point about like it not being horror-y, It's like sort of it's sort of the same thing Casey said earlier, where it's like if it's on the list for voting, I am right, putting yeah. it on my list, and it yeah. is what it is. <laughs> I, yeah, it's a it's a fantastic movie. It's one of those movies where I like feel awkward, like d- gushing about it to people. Like I want my wife to watch it, and I'm like, Suzanne, you gotta watch this movie. I promise, it's like one of the best movies I saw. And then like she's gonna watch it and be like, D- what? Like what's the matter with you? <laughs> like this movie's very <laughs> fucked up, and like no, it's undeniably me- good. Though. Well, it is, I know, but it it raises hard things that a lot of people don't yeah. like to look in the eye. Mm-hmm. To, exactly to your point which like is the value of horror and like genre films in general. So like, yeah, yeah. it's why I feel comfortable with it being in the list and in the, in the conversation. I mean, us, listen, there's it's a very uncomfortable film. We've, we've yeah, done, sure. but we've done a lot of stuff. I would hesitate to recommend to people way before I'd hesitate to recommend. Like I take, oh, your, no, no, I take no, your no. point, but this is a pretty prestige like kind of. Yeah, movie. no, no. Yeah. Suze, by the way, 
and we've talked about this before. My wife can't watch like it's not like a you hey, know, there's uh, like animated movies. How like, do you feel? I got a movie for you. How do you feel about people being sewn butt to mouth? Like what are, <laughs> yeah, what's our no, feelings? Yeah. Yeah. It's your stance on scouting. <laughs> Human centipede situation. Um, so yeah, there you go. <laughs> Promising young woman number five. It's a good one. Um, very nice. Uh, number four. I'll just we're keep. The, I'll just keep going, John. If you want to just keep shooting them, them at me. We're in, guys. We're in the top five. Uh, yeah. No. 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 Um, this one we're gonna go to Caitlin. Uh, the movie is on six lists. Highest position was position was Ariel of the Zombie Girls. The movie is Saint Maud. So Caitlin, yeah, it was your it. number four. It. And talk about the unhinged, disturbed female lead that <laughs> might be experiencing things that the rest of us aren't. <laughs> this is the archetype. I mean, this is yeah. the like, you know, yeah. It's so good. It's so bleak. It's so A24. <laughs> like, I uh, I saw this meme that was like the A24 final stare and how the final shot of like <laughs> Midsummer, Hereditary, um, St. Maude, yep. like it's the lighthouse just like, a really fucked up character just like staring into the screen and St. Maud, we get that in the most like climactic way because she is self-immolating. <laughs> but um, I just, I don't know. This one creeped me out in a real way. And I feel like the performances were really good. The the scene where she's talking to God, but it's her voice like uh, pitched down in Welsh or whatever. Like just everything they did was really thoughtful and cool and weird. And the body horror, John, you know, I like some body horror. We get a lot of rough moments in this one. I've heard they're the the like putting tacks in her shoes or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some Ooh. fucked up yeah. stuff in this. The movie. touching the stove. I remember. You know, she's. <sighs> but it's I don't know. The story is also interesting too because it's the she's caring for the she was a former dancer or singer or something like a former performer. Mm-hmm. Her relationship with sex and God and morality and the people around her and just uh, her own brain. It's just a real interesting and and spooky look. I I like it a lot. I agree. (laughs) It was, it was on my list. I, you know, it it was also up there. Um, It is super bleak. Um, It's very memorable. Like there are sequences Mm -hmm. in this movie that, that final sequence for sure. Um, there's a scene where she's like, where her friend comes to visit. Yeah. And she, fl- I mean, yeah. it's grim. Like you don't, there's, there's not a part of this movie where you're having like a knee slapping good time. It's one of the but, darkest. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of the darkest movies I've seen in a long time. It's no, it's definitely up there. So we might want to check on Ariel is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> she gets it. Yeah, she gets it. Um, so yeah, same on John, where did you have it on your list? Oh God, don't ask. I have to, so hold sorry. on. I'm pulling up same odd. I had it number eight. Okay. Number nice. eight. Um, yeah. So same on, uh, all right. Let us continue. We're here guys. We're at the top three. I assume you could guess what the movies are at this point. Maybe. Um, Still a lot of interesting stuff going on under the surface, let's say. Uh, so number three, this was on eight lists. It was number one. So we're at a point where uh, we've got a couple number ones coming. Um, Adam, Natalie, and Luke all had this as their number one film. 
Eric had his, had his, his number two. It is the night house. Mm. Eric, you have the floor. You know, it's super interesting to hear, get the night house right after St. Maud. St. Maud was a movie that it's good. Like I can't, I'm not going to deny that it's not good. And, but somehow it's, particular form of bleakness was like too much for me. And I just, I like, couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. Um, the night house is an incredibly powerful film about grief starring one of the best modern day actresses in Rebecca Hall. And so that kind of there, I think is the core of it. While it is dark and depressing I think that it manages this tightrope walk of still being a genre movie in a quote unquote kind of, I mean, fun is a weird way to use, but it's got, it's doing those genre tricks, right? Like it's got scares. It has all these sequences where she wakes up in the middle of the night and there's like crap going on in the house and like, so. Dude, there's jump scares in this movie that are like legit. top three jump scares of the last yes, couple of years. Super, I mean, just. Super legit. And so for me, it's like, I really enjoyed that balance because it kept me from just wallowing in the the darkness of it. And she's also funny. Like she is sort of, she has a wry wit about her grief. And like in particular, and I love this, she's got a friend who does not like to talk about her feelings. Um, that's a thing I can relate to, John. And she's just like talking about this stuff going on in her life and her friend cannot She's deal. like, LOL, do you want to read my husband's suicide note? And everyone's like, no, <laughs> stop. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I, she's like, also, LOL, remember when you fucked my husband in the bookstore? <laughs> Dude, those, my dead husband. <laughs> Rebecca Hall is so good in those moments. Yeah. Um, I loved, I liked the humor. Like, it's kind of funny. It makes you laugh. Like, if you're okay with laughing at real dark crap, I know Casey is. Yeah, that. yeah, if you're like, um, uh, <laughs> I think, you know, listen, grief is something we're all familiar with in the last two years. I, we're all familiar with it in life in general, but I think life in general has been a lot about grief in the last couple of years. And this movie, a lot of movies want to deal with that. Not every movie, I think, can dial it in in a way that makes it really accessible. And I think that's what The Nighthouse does. And I would guess it's why it resonated with so many people. It is dark and emotional and deals with really deep human crap. And it's also at times just a fun, scary genre movie. Like there's this scene where she realizes the spirit in her house isn't who she thinks it is. That is brilliant. Like mm -hmm. so good that scene. Um, and like I said, without, without a just like powerhouse movie, like promising young woman, this would have been my number one this year for sure. That was some really cool visual stuff like that. That final scene where it's shifting between red and daylight is really striking. And when she is interacting with the presence in her home, and I don't know, I, I imagine that was difficult and tricky to film, and it looks really good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, this is another, you know, crazy young woman. It, like, is she experiencing this in her head? Is it not, you know? Yeah. But, and, and, you know, using, genre tropes to explore uh real human emotion i mean like but i totally agree i think if you were to draw a spectrum right of like how genre -y is this versus like how sort of um 
emotional or sort of how much is it focused on the kind of like mental health stuff? Like St. Maud is like kind of toward the one end of the spectrum and this is like a little closer to the like straight and genre film. That's okay too. Like it's personal no, no. preference. I just sort of like the ones that are keeping it in the middle somewhere. I feel like it's a more look that I will say, and maybe I would say this is objective, but it's obviously not like everyone can have their opinion. <laughs> That's totally appropriate. <laughs> but like, it's like objectively like a more fun viewing experience yeah, yes. for the, for this yeah. one versus St. Mont. Um, that's not to say it's a better movie, obviously. Like again, Ariel can disagree with me if she wants, but um, but yeah, I, I yeah, I also I would agree with you on that front. So, Casey uh, Nighthouse. This I think was on all four of our lists fairly high. Uh, I think it dropped off of mine late in the uh, year. I did enjoy Nighthouse a lot, and it's another one that kind of hits those marks of being weird and that you know, kind of beyond normal for your typical horror movie, which I did really like. It's just some other weird stuff popped up that kind of knocked it out for me. Yeah, no, I didn't. I'm, I am checking. I got a lot of sheets open right now, guys. So I'm I'm trying to hit everything at once. All right. We're in the top two. It's a real interesting final two here. Um, the numbers, the numbers again, interesting, maybe just to me, because I like numbers. The number two film, is the only movie that is on all 11 ballots, <laughs> but was not on a single ballot as number one. Uh, the movie is Candyman. Kaylin, you had it as your number three film, Candyman. and you had it the highest out of this group. What is number yeah. one? Oh, I don't know, Eric. We'll see. <laughs> Be patient. I, I know. <laughs> so uh, I really enjoyed Candyman. I think we all did. I think... After, um, you know, the years we've had politically and also the decades, centuries of systemic racism that (laughs) the the world has experienced, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, you know, this movie was a long time coming in terms of its, um, I don't know, catharsis of getting some of that out on screen. And it did a really good job of it. It also hit a lot of nostalgic notes. We got, you know, uh, uh, if someone hasn't seen it, a prominent figure. (laughs) <laughs> and when uh, <laughs> I don't want to give it all away, but he's it was like, I don't know, there's like a person in this. He's movie. got a cool voice. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, I don't know. I think it hit a lot of nostalgic notes. I think it was really artfully done, and pun intended, because the the dude is an artist in it. But I don't know. I feel like they just did a really good job with it. It could have, when you're doing something like this, and we're working with what we thought was going to be a reboot or a remake, and it turned out to be kind of a sequel. And I think that was a fun surprise for a lot of people, and they handled it really well. I think we were all impressed with how how yeah. um, how good it was. And I saw this in the theater; had a great time. Yeah, it was mm. one of the. It was what I think two movies I saw in the theater this year, maybe yeah, two or three, and then, or Hot Girl Summer, and then it was over. <laughs> You know what's really interesting about Candyman is like, it's really great. Like that ending is great. It's just, it's such an interesting way to reboot it. And again, a thing that's really leaning heavy on like modern, more modern tropes. I don't know if you guys have ever, this is just a random thought. If you guys have ever spoken to like a normie about this movie, but I've never met a normie who saw this and didn't violently hate it. Like didn't even understand if, it was a horror movie. Didn't think it was scary. Did like, and so I wonder it is, it is very like conceptual and intellectual 
in a very genre fan way. And I wonder if it's so much so that it's just like misses the mark as like a mainstream horror movie, which isn't a problem. I just like, so, I've had an inordinate number of conversations because that movie was no, briefly number one and like made some headlines literally during a job interview. Some dude asked me, cause he, I, we were talking about horror movies and he's like, I just hated it. Maybe I have to see it again. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Dude. <laughs> All right, so that's actually super interesting. I, so I, did, I saw this super late. Like I did not see it in the theater. I, I missed the show where we covered it. Um, I had it pretty high on my list or, you know, it's on the list. Um, I just to like echo some of the things that can said, like it's incredible to me what they achieved and like how much ground they covered. Cause like the, the original movie has a shitload of plot in it, right? Because it's about Cabrini green, but it's also about like, the history of slavery and like systemic violence and like, uh, you know, racial, racial oppression. And then they, they kind of, so this movie then has to do all of that. Plus they have to like fast forward the story on gentrification and like how Caribbean green has been revitalized, which like, look like gentrification. Is, well, <laughs> yeah. look, it is a fraught topic, but like, I don't like, I don't know. I'd be very curious for someone from Chicago to tell me that that was like not a net positive outcome for like the city. Like, I mean, Chicago still got a fucking violence problem, but like, th like that specific neighborhood in my understanding, at least has like actually improved <laughs> to a certain extent. I mean, you know, I guess look like there's people who are displaced or whatever, like whatever it's very complicated. And, but this movie doesn't like shot, like where I was going is like, this movie doesn't shy away from that conversation it actually like kind of tries to stare that in the face and and bring the like legacy of this film the original movie is what 92 93 yeah like it's a fucking long time ago and they're bringing it all back into the present in a way that like I, so eric to your point I haven't talked to a normie who's seen this movie. Like, I don't know that I've talked to like more than two people that have seen this movie that aren't on this phone call. So like, right. <laughs> I have no idea what other people think about it. It is conceptual. Like, I actually don't know how you could watch this movie without seeing the being first one fairly familiar, yeah. like not even just see the first one, but like know the beats of like Virginia Madsen's character yeah. and like the candy maker. Cause they do Cause do like, a little bit of like with those little puppet things, but to your yeah. point, it's, it's impossible for me. I've seen Candyman so many times. I couldn't tell you how that hits to somebody who's not familiar. No. Well, right. exactly. Yeah. Dude, there's like specific callbacks to specific moments in that first film that like, I, this is what I loved about this movie is that like they do it. It feels organic, but then like in watching it, it a hundred percent is like, if you hadn't seen that first movie and like appreciated it and like digested mm -hmm. it, you're getting very little from this. So it's just interesting. I mean, that's so it's super interesting as a thing that has been so well celebrated by genre fans that maybe is so tuned to us that I don't know. I just well, look, it's, it's great. Like it's very well made. Um, I, it felt, I know there were some like issues in the production and like, you kind of feel it. Cause like, the script and like the edit feels a little choppy. It's a little rushed and like the third act, but it's still very good, right? Like there's a lot of talent on screen. It looks great. I liked a lot of like art scene culture and like the way that that interacts with gentrification and those conversations, like it all like played for me, but, um, yeah, I am also not surprised to hear that like normies might be like, I don't know. So, um, 
But yeah, I mean, so it's our number two. Look, it was on every single list. Not No one ignored it or didn't put it on, which is, it's the only movie. Like, it's kind of crazy. But again, we had 40 movies mentioned out of 11 ballots. Um, so yeah. Are you ready, Eric? You still don't know what the number one movie is? I, I, I shudder to think. Go ahead. You I, should shudder. Um, the number one movie, it's on nine lists. It was number one on one, two, three, four, five, six lists. Please tell me. Myself okay. and Caitlin. Oh, never mind. Natalie, John Sheldon, Rachel, and Matilda. The movie is, I'm, I'm going to say, Titan, I think is how you're actually supposed to pronounce it. Oh, I forgot we, about this movie. Okay. We, we called it Titan. Before we get into Titan. Which I'm is, leaning into the angle side. I'm saying Titan. I'm saying Titan because I, I know Adam is somewhere right now having an aneurysm. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I guess not. I'm a little surprised that neither. I expected to be have to talk about Halloween during the show. Halloween kills for starters. Although I didn't. I mean, it's barely on my list. I'm I'm a, a little surprised that that or Psycho Gorman didn't make it into the the top. So so Eric, we can talk about both of those films because the patrons they they may appear in the patron top ten. Um, but first of all, we're not going to take Titan time away to talk about Psycho Gorman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're not Titan. So anyway, John, no. there's a the kid gets turned into a brain, right? And then <laughs> yeah, yeah. when he it's like he moves around, there's slime behind him. Um, Psycho Gorman ended up missing. It was like, it was by a couple points. It did not, it, it was not even number 13, I don't think, but sorry, Eric. All right. Uh, I had this my number one. I'm taking it as the presenter. Um, God, I like, in some ways I almost want to start with like the, the big picture and just say like, in my mind, this was not a great year in terms of like, if you run, like when I run down my personal list, when I think about movies that I'll watch again, when I think about like, when I look at past lists and when I look at like sort of things that were just, they felt canonical, you know, in, in past years, there didn't feel like there was a lot this year that kind of achieved that level, at least across the the spectrum for, for the BGH crew. And then it just for me personally, this movie, like, I'll never forget watching this movie. Um, it, and, like, that, you know, at the end of the day, like, that's where it, like, stops and starts to a certain extent. It is wholly original. It's, it is gorgeously made. It's gorgeously conceived. Um, and, and, like, it just does so many things that we've not seen or if we've, you know, we've <laughs> not seen them in the way that um, we yes. saw them here. Um I feel like we're seeing, and God, I'm going to forget her name now. So, Caitlin, maybe you'll remind me, but uh, uh, like a real talent, like this woman who directed the, Raw. Julia DeCorno. Yeah. I mean, she's like, whatever she's doing, I'm in for. Like, it, she could like fucking write an opera, and I'll go to the fucking opera house and watch her <laughs> opera at this point. Like, I'll be a plus I, like, one, buddy. Dude, yeah. she's, I mean, she's crazy. And like, she's, yeah, she might be, she might be her, legit like, cuckoo bananas. Yeah. Have you seen but a photo so far, of her? She's she harmless like and bug a, crazy. Well, listen, I always say like a social studies teacher. Dude, I like the pictures of her. I always, so, it's fun. it's funny because I always say like Fulci is one of my favorite '70s directors for that exact reason because I kind of like people that make movies like they might be crazy. Yeah. Yes. Does he look crazy though? I suspect he does. He does. He does yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I suspect um, he does. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, like this. 
we could like talk about a lot of different moments in this movie. It's it's just fucking crazy. And I don't yeah, so it was my I'm number just one. Saying, if it was more of All a car. I could say about Titanium, which was number three on my own list, was I was promised there would be car babies and I know they just, just they delivered. No one promised Listen, you a car baby. This is all no, I wanted. They delivered enough for me. I was happy. If they had ended this movie with a little beep beep and then fade to black. Like best, a, like best, a Herbie. Like best Herbie. movie of the century. <laughs> <laughs> but because they didn't do it, I just, I mean, it's, it's pretty high on my list. It's pretty good. It's a well, little. If we, turn this into, if we turn this into a prequel for Herbie the Love Bug, I would be the happiest dork ever. I will admit for my personal taste, it was like a little too out there for me. But this, man, I think you were, we had said on that show that that lead actress, this was her first movie or something. Yeah. It was that's her first it. major role. That's yeah. just mind Agatha blowing. Agatha Russo. That's mind blowing. It, it was my number one. And um, I, did an episode on Plug It Up. We did it on Bloody Good Horror. I did it on More Deadly with the Zombie Girls. <laughs> it's like my tour to Titan. To, to, to but I uh, I don't know. This one is, I think, unfor- unforgettable. I remember seeing it in the theater, and that was very memorable just because of I, how uncomfortable it is. I imagine that's a pretty wild theater to watch. And it's a that story in general, I think, is a big one in 2021. I, I maybe saw three movies in theaters. John, you yeah. mentioned earlier... So listen, sometimes there can be a difference seeing something with an audience and not just that feeling that energy. Like you mentioned the lighthouse earlier. And I was thinking, John, about how visually striking the like black and white is in that movie and wondering like, nah, I wonder if I'd watched it at home if I'd had the same reaction. I watched that. that I, had, but it was I watched it in the theaters and it was a bunch of old people and me. And I was like, do they know what it's about? But in the same <laughs> hand, but listen, on the same hand, like it's just reality. I'm not super comfortable sitting in a theater right now. Like, I don't know that I want to do it. <laughs> Um, and whatever gets offered on demand, like we're probably going to go for more of that stuff next year than we are theatrical stuff. Well, I just remember in surround sound, a lot of that body horror was even more horrific. And I remember, um, you know, sinking back into my seat and just, I don't know, it was such a good experience and texting you guys, like the minute I exited the theater, like I need help. Like you guys, I SOS, I want you to help yeah. me understand this. And I want to do it with <laughs> you guys. And how, I don't know. That was one of the first where I was like, I want to talk to the bloody good horror guys about this. And that's, I think one of the reasons that it's up there for me, not just because I think it's an incredible film, but it's because like, I want to talk to my horror buddies about this. And that's, I don't know that that's one well, of the reasons I think it deserves a high now spot. You're just, I, now you're just buttering me up. I think I mentioned this on the show when we talked about it, but I, it, it does feel to me, and again, this is like why I had it number one. It feels like secret knowledge that I like, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, hey, have you, <laughs> hey, have you heard about this movie? <laughs> like it, you want to see something really crazy? It's, you know, and like, I'm careful about how I, who I have that conversation with, but like, I don't know. Like I, it's, yeah, it's that kind of movie. Um, and there's some there's something special about those movies where it's like you have the it's Caitlin to your point like there's a there's a group of people it's like eh, I know this isn't for everybody but for the people it's for yeah. holy shit you are you're gonna love this movie more than you've loved anything in a long time <laughs> you know so those are the people you got to find those people in 2022 and you got to hold on to them that's, that's what I've learned so that's true number one Eric Titan say you say it how do you say it. Titan. I'm not. I'm not Titan. trying. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Is that our first foreign number one in nine years? Oof! It can't Ooh. be. There's no way. Um, 
I do. I mean, I this might take me a minute. Give us but all the number can, ones, John. Let's do it. Give us uh, a random right. stat. So here you go. Our number ones. Hold on, number. I know one. I remember one. Snowpiercer. Is that was that foreign? <laughs> Snowpiercer is on there. Yeah, that is the number one. That was a fucked up year. This this <laughs> year was like to me. This was like the Snowpiercer year. That's how I kind of felt as I was going through it. Um, all right, just to run them down. Last year, Possessor. 2019 oh. was Us. Yeah. 2018 was Annihilation. Mm. 2017 was Get Out. 2016 was The Witch. Nice. 2015 was It Follows. Mm -hmm. 14 was Snowpiercer. That's right. 13 was Evil Dead. I don't, uh, the 2012, I don't have the data in here for 2012. Um, was 2012 Cabin in the Woods I, here? If Cabin in the, I, th I believe that's right. I believe that's right. And if it was, that was definitely. i tell you what, John, that's a hell of a marathon right there. You just ripped off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a great, great list for sure. Um, so that was the top 10. Here's my, this is actually maybe my favorite part of the list it is for each of us, I pulled our top pick that was not in the last 12 movies. Um, so this mm -hmm. is, everyone gets their own spotlight to talk like about it. their movie. They had the highest on their list that did not make the final list. Are you ready? ready. We're going to do this in order of the person who had something highest that wasn't on the list. Caitlin, that was you. Your number two film. Maybe you knew this going in. I don't I know. I did <laughs> But this movie, Woodland, I wrote it down as Woodlands Dark. It has a much longer title than that, and I just didn't feel like copying the whole thing down. So Yeah, it is Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched, A History of Folk Horror, and it's a documentary, and it is like three and a half hours long. I uh, looked at watching it and saw how long it was and was like, no. It It is worth your time. I, I It sounds unbelievable but it is worth your time no no I, I don't disagree it's more just like i didn't have that much time at the time i think a few of us saw it uh at the chattanooga film fest and then a couple of others saw it at uh different film festivals and i don't know it's just been really nice to see the ground swell around it it's so comprehensive it's so good and i, I just remember like writing down in my phone like i gotta see this i gotta see this i gotta see this i gotta see this the soundtrack to the documentary is amazing <laughs> It's just, I saw directors of some, you know, indie folk horror movies that I didn't think I would ever encounter again. And I don't know. It was just really, really good. I actually got the box set, uh, which I don't buy a lot of new physical media. I go to Second and Charles or Goodwill to buy used physical media. Mm -hmm. But I bought the box set and it came in this gorgeous box that says all the haunts be ours. And it's just like, everything about it is just styled so perfectly for folk horror and I, I don't know. It's one of those that I definitely won't forget. And I got it on DVD. So. <laughs> <laughs> did it, uh, Casey or Eric, did you guys see this movie? I didn't see it. No, I, I did not. Yeah. I do like folk horror. I think I'm I mentioned, curious, though. Caitlin, I think I mentioned to you, there, there was like an online, like there was like a video that someone posted on like Vimeo that I swear to God, like turned into this movie because it, it hits a lot of the same beats. And it was like an hour and a half long at the time, which I watched online. Did anyone else have this on their list? It was on, I'd have to go back to my full I thing. felt like Shelton liked it, but I could be wrong. Uh, no, I think he definitely liked it. He, you know, he likes that kind of thing. Um, you know oh, what, yeah. you might, you might have been the only one that actually named it on your top 10. You were, in fact. So, uh, 
sorry or congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Casey, your number four film, Antlers. You betcha. You got him. You got him. I do. On you, with you right now. I know it was recent, and maybe it is a product of being recent in my memory because, you know, we were finally able to get our hands on it here. But that was a movie that was highly anticipated for me for this year, and I felt it lived up to everything. I was blown away by the kids' performance in that movie, and uh, it was Carrie Russell, I believe. That was her name, right? She was great in it. And watching the monster effects and stuff as things got towards the end, I was just, I love that movie and it was fun. And I kind of want to watch it again, but I may skip skip over the, like the bleak first half hour, <laughs> first <laughs> half of it. Um, it was, it was, I mean, it was definitely well done. Well made. Yeah. Very bleak. It made me feel sad on the inside. Very sad. Um, okay. Antlers. Uh, my number four film also did not make the list. I think I was the only one that voted for it as well. Uh, the movie is Lamb. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't was... know if you guys ever ended up watching Lamb. I was pushed. Did you? Oh, you watched it. Okay, Caitlin. I. This <laughs> is funny because um, uh, Sheldon and I emailed about it briefly because when he sent me his list, he he like made a comment like, "Oh, sorry, I had to sneak in Lamb at the end, but it's it's not making my." And I was like, "Oh, all right, okay." It was it was pretty high on my. And he he made some derisive comments, which up which offended me and upset me. And uh, but I, I moved on. Um, <laughs> it's look, it is. I, I think you could criticize it by calling it the most A twenty four film <laughs> ever made. Which would not necessarily be incorrect. I never saw a ghost story. I think that one might also be in the running if you had to like do a ranking. Um, I wanted to see that, but um, it's I don't know. Like this movie, can you answer the question? Is it a horror movie? So I think that there's no question. It's a horror movie. Okay, Um, that was my concern about it. But you didn't watch it, right? You said you didn't. I did not. That like the ending is like real horror. It's certainly genre yeah. and like goes like pretty hard horror. I would say um, it's a it's a very like slow and like um, I don't know art, arty type of film. It's like I, for me, I think a lot of it had to do with like it's about parents and like parenting and parental grief and like I found it very emotionally affecting. Um, the main character, so Numi Rapace, I think that's how you say her name. I don't, I don't that, 100% I believe know. That is. I like her. But she, no, she's amazing. She's like she, every time things. I've seen her in something, she's great. Um, and she's like the kind of main driving force in this. Is she the Look, lamb? <laughs> she's, she's the <laughs> lamb. The central conceit of the film, and like it's some, it's like both, the, I don't know if it's in the trailer. I actually can't remember. Like, it's a lamb baby. Like there's a fucking human lamb. You mean they actually? Baby. You mean they actually committed like, to the hybrid baby concept on oh, Lake Titan? It is very dis disconcerting. It's disorienting. Like it's weird, and like that, I do like. But to me, that's like part of the horror element of it. Is like it's fucking creepy. Like the whole, but like it's also so genuine, and they play it so straight. There is no winking. There's no laughing. It is like. They play this straight down the middle. It is about parents and like, again, parental grief and like they, they, but not, they're not spoon feeding you anything. And, and I think even the way, the way to read the ending and I'm, I mean, whatever, we don't need to discuss the entire film, but like 
is like it is also about parental grief in a different direction to a certain extent. I don't know. It's fucking you know, dark. It's funny. We had two movies this year that had like weird baby stuff going on. <laughs> we have Titan and we have Lamb, yeah. and they could not be more different in their tone or their pacing or like, you know, and it's just funny that we have this sort of similar concept. And I'm thinking conceptually like monstrous motherhood for, for plugging up is how I made the connection. But like, I don't know, they're so different. And I, I wanted to like lamb more than I did, but I did enjoy it. It didn't make my top 10, but I did like it. Well, so Tatane is about, every time I say the movie name, I can't, I don't know. I say it different, I think, but it's about, um maternity it's it's not like she's not a mother no <laughs> like <laughs> she did not want to have that car baby no and <laughs> you know spoiler alert she like doesn't get to be a mom um sadly <laughs> like single tier whatever but um the the uh, it, like so you're right they, they are certainly related or they're like having somewhat of a conversation or they're having a related conversation they're adjacent in some well, ways like, but like, it's so like, different Lamb is like about motherhood yeah. and to a lesser extent fatherhood, I guess. Like, um, but but like the the lamb shows up in like the first five minutes. Like it's not so um yeah, I don't know. I, I loved it. I like I it, among movies that I will be remembering from this year, it is like very, very high on that list. And that's why I was high on my list. So um Eric, your highest ranked movie that didn't make the final list was your number eight movie. So you actually, a lot of simpatico between the, the bloody good horror voter and the Eric. That makes sense. I'm smart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you remember what the movie is? No, no idea. I do. Forever purge. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Forever purge is dope. <laughs> this was my only theatrical experience this year. Forever, Forever purge, purge. I think is easily the best purge movie. I think these movies went from being hilarious over the top parody to like so close to real life. It's like terrifying. And I think it's kind of like important that they keep sticking around making dumb B movies that are like trying to make sense of the state of the world. Cause they, the it's awesome. That movie's freaking awesome. It's like nonstop. I, I did have it. I had it on my long list of like, it's, as I was cutting yeah. down. It's nonstop it. action. And it, it brings across the feeling of the purge better than any of those movies ever has. I think it has the best attempt at real characters and stories. And it's just awesome. I can't they wait. They also more. kind of abandon a lot of the, um, I heard they're bringing Frank Grillo back too, which, Hey, Oh, <laughs> I was going to say they abandoned like the, the sort of, over story about like the founding fathers of the new family. Like it's less it's, the it, focus. Yeah. It's, it's in there, but it's not like you have to like, remember, wait, who's the new, like, are they, wait, is this person good or should we not like this thing? I think I of know. those movies. That may be the, Oh, go that ahead. may be the first time <laughs> I've heard that. Ooh, they're bringing Frank Grillo back. <laughs> <laughs> I think of those movies a lot. Now when we talk about John, how like 50s sci-fi dealt with like, atomic fears and like oh, yeah. the way that B movies can sort of play with societal fears that maybe at the time just feel crass and whatever, but then you end up like studying it academically. And I think immediately of the purge movies. Yeah. I, my only concern is that like the purge might actually be like in like at the time 
those movies, like there was no risk that as people were exploring atomic oh, yeah, fears that it's going to generate atomic risk. The purge, like, could be generating political I mean, risk because, like, our democracy is so fucking frayed. It's right a, now. it's a part of yeah. like the lexicon now. Just the the phrase purge as a an adjective. Yeah. I mean, or as a, a verb. Like, obviously, it was a verb before, but now, like, you can just say that and mean a whole bunch of stuff now. And yeah, people, I would like do. you to try to use it as an adjective, actually. <laughs> while we're here. I love the purge movies. It's purge and great. Adjective. Oh, there you go. It's pretty good. I think that this, I mean, what a movie to sum up 2021. We certainly started yeah. the year with I mean, yeah. Yeah. Unrest. <laughs> and I don't know. I feel like it really captured a lot of I don't know, the political stuff going on. I I had a great time with it. I saw it in the theater. I had a very memorable theater experience. Yeah. Um, alternate title purge ever after. I think we, we decided <laughs> yeah. as a, as a crew, but it, yeah, it was that's, really a, that's coming. That's purge five or purge six, I guess is the next one. <laughs> well, and this inspired me to watch the purge TV show, which I ended up really liking. So yeah, I've heard it's good. It's been it a good year for the purge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So are we was, ready? To, oh, I go will, ahead, Casey. I will say though, John, I was surprised that that was. I didn't expect that to be the movie you picked for Eric on his list. It's well, worth, as long it was as one a, above Psycho. Was, yeah. As long as we're year end wrapping up to Purge, uh, Forever Purge was the one that I went to a new movie theater I'd never been to, parked in the wrong place, and had to walk all the way around the back, like haunted part of the mall where they like park school buses and stuff. <laughs> I thought I was gonna die. It was. I terrifying. remember you were like, I gotta call somebody. Yeah. And you I did. <laughs> I called my mom. I was like, hey, you want to just talk <laughs> to me for purge. like 20 minutes while I find my car? Thanks. <laughs> oh my God. I took a picture. It looks like a scene out of um, like a slasher movie or so. There's just like fog rolling across. It was terrifying. <laughs> Silent Hill. So are we ready to talk about the patrons? Yeah. And I then we, so. we, we might have to skip some fan mail here. We're going late. All right, we we can well, you know, look like we're gonna give the patrons their due. That's we're gonna fine. cover no, them no. a list. I, they, um, they they deserve their due. I'm gonna yeah, no, no, totally. Uh, so I cut it. I had to. We we did. We had an open vote. I was probably less communicative than I could have been about the voting and when it was happening and when I was cutting off. But when I cut it off, we had 22 ballots. So that's where I drew the line. All of the 22, 57 movies receiving a vote. Uh. And so what we have here is a top 10. I have one honorable mention. The honorable mention, this was number 11, Psycho Goreman. There you go. Made it in there. Had to get it in there for Eric. I knew, you know, it was important. Um, So not a lot of stats on these. I'm just going to read them. I'm going to run them down. You guys tell me if you want to stop. Number 10, St. Maud. Number nine, Last Night in Soho. Mm, Another good one from this year. Number eight, Censor. Number seven, proving patrons questionable. <laughs> Halloween kills. I knew it. Halloween I knew, kills. I knew that's I'm what okay was following that. that. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, also proving questionable. Number six, malignant. Malignant. No, I mean, I'm okay that, with that no. too. It would have been. It would have been <laughs> weird. Like Eric was mentioning, he was like surprised that there were movies we hadn't touched on. I mean, malignant for movies that came out this year, like that had a impact in the broader cultural sphere like that i mean was that it had to be number one right there was yeah. like a weekend where that's all anyone was talking about was malignant malignant may have been the one i dropped off 
after I first submitted my list before we saw Antlers, that may have been the one that dropped off my list. I'd have to go back and see if um, yeah. it was definitely on like a list or two. It was actually, sorry, it was on three lists of the bloody good horror voters. So, um, but yeah, so, uh, number six for the patrons, number five, fear street trilogy, number four, the night house, number three, green Knight. two promising young woman. And number one for the patrons, Candyman. Oh, yeah. Nice. Very nice. No titane. No titane. So um, we had seven. I did take a couple of notes. Um, the patrons and the staff had seven films the same. So that's St. Maud, Censor, Fear Street, Nighthouse, Green Knight, Promising Owen, Candyman. The big the biggest difference is they included Halloween Kills and, and Last Night in Soho, but did not include Titan. Uh, nice. Yeah. I did so, have last last night in Soho on my list. It was fairly low, I think. It was like number six. So, but like that's that. another one that's not fully horror-y, But we did cover it. So, oh, I mean, it's definitely yeah. horror in my mind. I like the yeah. Spider-Man. Uh, or Spider. Oh my God, that was a Spider-Man. completely random thought. <laughs> I like the, I like hearing from the patrons. I don't know why I was thinking about Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that came from? <laughs> Uh, I will. I, I mentioned it earlier, but I told so. Natalie advocated very hard, and I told her I would give a shout out for Midnight Mass, which she thought was some of the best horror of the year. It actually shows up on a bunch of patron votes um, because it was like a free entry, and you know they weren't it following directions. Good. I, really I really haven't seen it. Mass. So yeah. just run it down for me. Where does it sit in the like sort of of the three? Um, What's his uh, name? Yeah. Below uh, Hill House, above the second one for me. For me, I like this the most. The second one okay. bored me to tears. Uh, Mike Flanagan, that's who we're talking Flanagan. about. Flanagan. The yeah. Flanagan uh, Hill House, Fly Manor, and Midnight Mass. Midnight yeah, Mass correct. is first for me. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I haven't, I think I told you like full shoulder sobbing at one point. Like it was really moving and also really scary at parts. Like, I don't know. Was I don't need to cry with my heart. I, I, you I, might I not. Need to cry. That might be a me thing. I don't I cr- know. I cried enough this year, you guys. I don't need any more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got other shit I got to cry about. So, um, but yeah, Midnight Mass is supposed to be very, very good. Um, I, you know, maybe I'll have to check it out. Keelan, you, you like it that much. So. A little monologue I will say, but very good overall. Yeah, can I can tolerate some monologue. Um I do like that Flanagan. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, it's good. So there you go. That's our year. The year in bloody good horror. I don't know. Do do, do folks have other sort of any any f- concluding thoughts that you have? Does pretty... anyone how do you feel or do you agree or disagree with my at least personal summation around it being maybe not, you know, pinnacle year. I don't know. It's I so think, hard to tell because it's just such a weird, like reality is so different that it's hard to, for me to tell. I fully admit that that's part of why this year feels a little weird. So like, I'm not downplaying that by the way, but yeah, we don't have the blockbusters, but at the same time, I kind of wonder, solid. at least from my own point of view, I don't know that I care about the blockbusters so much from what I've found after these last two years. I kind of like the whole streaming release and stuff, and it makes it, a lot easier for me to catch more flicks. So it's kind of, it's an interesting year as far as like historically being a movie nerd or a horror nerd or something. I think our past, our hobby is a little fluid at the moment. And I think it's going to be changing for good ways. I think fluid is a good way to put it. Like, I think those are 10 really solid movies. What I see more of is the genre fluid stuff and less of straight horror movies, which is maybe partly why it feels like a weird. Yeah. 
I feel like the solid genre horror movies, like uh, Superhost was on mine. I really like that. And that went straight to Shudder from my understanding. And there were a lot of like straight to VOD. I mean, uh, it's hard to sort of call them straight to VOD since a lot of stuff was VOD this year. But sort of like uh, Oxygen was on my list. And that's like Eric was saying, it's sci-fi horror. It's not straight horror. It's not straight sci-fi. So I don't know. I, I like the genre blending and I like, I don't know. There's a lot to watch. I feel like I busted my ass trying to get some movies in and I still miss some big ones. I miss Fear yeah. Street. So there's so much to consume. No, you're right. That That's 100% true. And like we've been talking about it for the entire time we've been doing the show or at least the last five years. It's like this transition from, you know, we, we were only seeing like the big horror stuff only hit theaters and then maybe you got it, you know, on video now it's like we're so spoiled. We and we've talked about it with Shutter, but even the yeah. like Netflixes of the world, Hulu has this like really good horror selection if you like comb through Hulu and some of it's like direct to Hulu and some of you know. Um yeah, I mean it, it is it is super interesting. Um I, I'm I don't know, like I would love for like things like Titan, like you still gotta work to find that shit. Like it's mm, you it's do. still yeah. not getting you do, for sure. You know, I mean, it, they're they're still trying to go theatrical. Like, I don't know, fucking nothing is working theatrical. If you don't have Spider Man in your movie, like you're not succeeding in the theater. So it's like very surprising to me that they're not leaning harder. I think they could be doing better with something like a Titan or like a Saint Maud. Even I can't remember where the hell we watched Saint Maud. <laughs> Maybe that was direct to streaming, but. Um, I don't know. See, I don't think I must have missed that episode. I don't even remember Saint Maud. So, but at the same time, it's nice that we're living in the age and hearing you guys talk about Saint Maud and hearing how high it ranked. I can think, listening to this, that sounds interesting. I'm going to go watch it, and I can go watch it after this. After we get done recording this, if I really wanted to. Yeah. Well, you can definitely you can rent it at right. the very least. Um, but yeah, so we're getting there. There's, there's. I think we're we're going to see a lot of shaking out in the streaming universe well you know yeah. snars nice work nine years in a, nine years in a row i'm looking forward to the uh uh 10 year here of the, the decade 10 year year ender <laughs> exciting all right that's it for the uh year in review let's take a quick break and do some fan mail the mystery continues playing at a theater near you. Hi, this is Daniel Roebuck from everything you've ever seen on television, and you're listening to Bloody Good Heart.
And we're back. John, I'll save everyone the work. We're reviewing Monster Hunter next week. I'm putting my foot down. <laughs> I knew that's where we were going. It's I, time. I, I, I've waited long yeah. enough. Thank you. Sure. Info at bloodygoodhorror.com is the email address. Uh, we got a couple note from, uh, notes from Caitlin and Kissimmee. Episode 216, Wand of the Dead. Lizard people evidence, uh, case file number two. John, they have these glass-like receptacle things all over the table. I don't know what you'd call them. You know, like tall glasses, like beakers? Eric, it's a bong, John. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Stop. It's because Schnarz is a narc. Um, she also I, I'm offended that there was ever a time that people thought I didn't know what a bong was, but okay. You, I mean, evidence. Right? <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess uh, I gotta go watch and listen to the episode. She also responded to my call for people with information on uh, hoof trimming videos, John. She mm. says, uh, do you want hoof trimming videos? I have 13 horses and they get trimmed every five weeks. Happy to supply. Wild horses wear, <laughs> we were asking about this, wild horses wear their own hooves down with travel. The herds move a lot and the rocky ground does it for them. Also, since we have to do this for their care as well, they will chew rocks or branches to grind their teeth down. We have to get their teeth, quote unquote, floated once a year. And if you want video of that, it sure looks like a saw. Uh, Kaylin Kissimmee, she gave me her link. It's vespershowhorses.com. She grooms show horses or something, takes care of them. Hmm. That sounds like a lot of work. Sure does. Info at bloodygoodhorror.com. Casey, you got, what do we got on Twitter? Let's, uh, we got I, a few tweets this week. Uh, feel free to use your discretion. Sorry. Feel free to use your discretion. Yes. Uh, first coming up, uh, we have our at hashtag out there, SBGH, ask us a question, we'll answer. Uh, first one comes up from at Maud Amsterdam. What's your biggest New Year's resolution failure? All of them? Me too. I'm not really a New Year's resolution kind of a guy. I feel like I'm more of like a summer resolution because that's when I'm feeling good. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like who feels summer good? Summer resolution. Who feels good on New Year's? And it's like, I'm going to do new stuff. Right. I feel like the only, I don't know. She asked for the New Year's resolution failure, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, like, I think we should all just try to survive, but I don't even want to talk about not succeeding with that. <laughs> you, so. yeah. you have, like, I was going to say, you you only have wild successes that, to discuss. For, <laughs> That's the hope, John. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Next up, we have at Erie, Arizona. They ask, have you ever farted so loud your dog started barking because they thought someone was knocking on the door? <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> I can honestly I don't say have a I dog, have not either. So. <laughs> That's good, though. No, not, don't have a dog. All right. Friend of the show, at Deus Ex Manatee, what was the best non-horror film you saw this year? Ooh, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. That was really oh, good. It was... made my, like, Joe and I, Joe Ferry and I did our top five, and I think it was my number two or three. I mean, I did see that this year, and it was very good. I honestly, I was thinking about this earlier. I don't know. I if... think I've seen, like, ten non-horror movies total. I don't know if, I saw, yeah. I don't know if I saw any. You know, That's we what watched, I was thinking, too. Oh, we watched last week. I don't, this wouldn't necessarily be my answer, but I had a lovely time. It was Encanto. Have you guys watched oh, Encanto? I did yet? see Encanto. Yeah, it was good. <sighs> so yeah. good. I need to watch things. that. My wife and daughter watched it, and I, they keep telling me I need to catch up. Yeah, you I know what? I delightful. You know what? Non horror that's completely out of place for me that I did watch and enjoy just this week was the Eyes of Tammy Faye. Oh, but I will say it's Jessica Chastain, and she's 
excellent as you can imagine as uh, Tammy Faye and as you'd expect, but I would dare say Andrew Garfield as Jim Baker kind of stole the show. I thought he was really good. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have at Ro Bailey, your favorite album of 2020. 2021, presumably. Yeah, I'm assuming 2021. Uh, I don't. I don't even know that I listened to an album that came out this year. Yeah, yeah I can't of, say that I know either. We covered my love of Inside. I uh, I got really into uh, Doja Cat and Little Nas X this year, wow. so I don't know if their albums came <laughs> out, but I'm a big fan. So. Yeah, I was really leaning on the uh, comfort music this year. I think as well, the old stuff. I think did uh, did Sturgill Simpson put out at least one of those uh, bluegrass albums? John, you have to have listened to it. I don't know. No, no. I I mean, I <laughs> listened to those a bunch. I just wasn't sure when they came out. He so Sturgill Simpson during the pandemic, he's done two bluegrass albums. I think the second one came out this calendar year. Dude, nice. who fucking knows what happened this year? Twenty twenty one. It was like the longest slash shortest year of my life. The other, I, uh, I know it's nuts. The other band yeah. I'll shout out. That's like it's a deep cut indie band that I'm really obsessed with. Is called Sloth Rust. Hmm. They're it like sounds a, like a deep cut. They're band. like a throwback alternative rock band, kind of. Um, they're they were from Boston originally. They're awesome. They came out with a new album this year. It's really good. I thought you were gonna say Hi-Fi. Hi-Fi is pretty cool too. Two albums, John. It is <laughs> two God albums in twenty twenty one. Can we get through a music segment <laughs> without a Hi-Fi reference? No. Listen, I got a hype Eric up. Sure I really do like his uh, music. Yeah, that's what a friend is, John. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last but not least, it's another one from Matt Robale. More for uh, Schnars. Mm. Boosted, now he has antibodies. Is Schnars invincible now? Can he beat Joe Rogan? (laughs) Wow, I'm very offended I wasn't included, but okay. My mom literally was like, well, at least you won't be able to get COVID for like six weeks, probably. Is that true? I don't know that that's true. Like That is like not that long. Six weeks is not not that long. And A, B, she has no idea if that's true. Like she's just (laughs) talking out of her ass. Did you tell her? I visit doctor's offices sometimes for work and I went to a pediatric office today and they were slammed. And they were like, I'm surprised you even came here. They were like, thank you so much, but if you need to leave, you can. I was like, I think I have super immunity for a little while, but thanks. Um, John, did you tell your mom she was talking out her ass? Because that's kind of funny. I mean, I say that to my mom. (laughs) She she knows. Um, All right. If you don't hit us up on Twitter or email, you can hit us up on Instagram. Does the year-ender require an OnlyFans account? I wish. Maybe maybe for the ten year, maybe for the tenth anniversary. <laughs> Top five soundtracks of the year. Someone, this someone, is the kind of li- I like. I, I I've been listening to the Titan sign soundtrack. Oh yeah, promising young woman, fantastic. Yeah, soundtrack. very good. A uh, candy band, always. Oh, Fear Street, dope soundtrack. Um, and I, I, we covered my love of Inside. Uh, a couple more here. Here's a good one. What fresh hell shall rain down upon us in 2022? Jesus. <laughs> Aliens. Too dark. Aliens would be cool, man. I'd be like, I think the, I think the revelation of uh, the proof of aliens comes out this year. Dude, if you're government. right, if you like are right on that, that'd be amazing. We had disclosure like la- this past year, didn't we? Yes. It was more like UFOs. It wasn't really, I don't know if it was like, yeah, aliens. We're just yeah they in, like, agreed that they had UFO apocalypse. videos. Right. 
I mean, you guys saw like um, like the week of Christmas that NASA hired like 12 theologians, right? I did see that. They hired 12 theologians as a panel to help advise them on, on how to how humanity if, will deal with this information. If it, yeah, if, it, if they had to reveal it. If we discover it. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like planning to me. Cool. I mean, I'd rather they be prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't you do that in secret, though, if you're like, we're already ready to say it? You know? You can't. They're like a government agency. I was going to say, isn't there like, they're, uh, you know, John, you they don't, get audited? John, you don't think the government ever does anything secret? <laughs> I mean, I, I think people think they do a lot more secret things <laughs> than they actually do. So, uh, I, I think that's fair. Uh, who the hell knows, man? That's the answer to that question. What's your worst movie of 2021? Caitlin, what do you say? Tie between Psycho Gorman and Malignant for me. Yeah. I don't know if I had one that like really made me mad this year. I thought that VHS movie was pretty poopy, if I'm being honest. That's that's <laughs> probably my answer. I mean, I had movies that made me mad, but now this is another one I should have prepared for. Mm. Yeah, I did prepare for this one because I was only tracking throughout the year stuff that I know I liked except that my, my voting is you know you start a spreadsheet at the beginning of the year if you like the movie you throw it on the list so you get at the end of the year you've got that solid list of things hey I maybe like it maybe I need to start the uh, don't like list I will say the Hail Ratma one was pretty good in VHS I don't want to yeah diss that one that was very cool what will you miss when the pandemic is over that's some wishful thinking <laughs> yeah, yeah. yes Mm. I, I like the uh, like outdoor porch hangs at people's houses, yeah. like the sort of low key That's really hanging funny. out. My answer was that I met, I will miss, um, like at the height of it last year before anybody was vaxxed. I really kind of liked because I'm like an introvert, I'm, I'm kind of like a homebody a little bit. I liked that like nobody was doing anything, so I didn't feel left out of anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then, people, then people started doing stuff again, and I was like, well, I don't. I don't like You're this. You're like, guys, come on. Now we're not in the same team anymore. Are we doing things again? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I didn't agree to this. Like, I was thinking last year, Fangoria did their, like, Chainsaw Awards fully virtual. And, like, it was, I was like, man, this is such a cool little event. We all feel like we're an equal part of it. And I was like, this is so much cooler than, like, an awards show where people, where it's, like, exclusive and people are dressed up. Like, I just... That's probably my favorite award show I've ever watched was that Fangoria Awards last year. Because there's everybody in their house, including like all the hosts and stuff. People should see You're a populist, Eric. That's right. That's what I always tell people about you. Last question, I would say of 2021, but John's immune system failed us. All right. Eric, have you seen Horror in the High Desert? It's decent found footage. I look this up. It's set in uh, like New Mexico or something like that, but it's like a the guy gets lost in the woods, and it's like it's it's kind of low budgety looking found footage. It, it looks pretty <laughs> interesting. I'm intrigued. Is it Jesse Pinkman lost in the woods? No, I believe, ABQ. Believe me, I would have known. Um, Caitlin, do we, <laughs> should we talk about the Bad Ben video game that we learned of today? <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know. I was uh, Eric tagged me and said like Paige and Caitlin, and I was like, "What? What could this be?" And our buddy, uh, who was it? Ethan tagged us in the Bad Ben video game. He made a Bad Ben video game. It's literally kind of yeah. like adventure game style. It's like made in like Unreal Engine or something. You're like trapped in the house, and he's walking around. He's trying to find like keys to open doors, like almost like Resident Evil style. And they have all the like. Um, 
audio cues of the guy. And so there's one little part in the video, it's like 10 minutes in, where he goes to open a door and he goes, you, you better not be in there, you little bitch. <laughs> <It's so funny. laughs> Get out of my house. <laughs> Get out of my house. Those movies are <laughs> so awful. It's it's unbelievable. It's, yeah, I had you text that uh, link to Colleen today. She's quite excited. Dude, it's so funny. Good times. We had a lot of good uh, Slack discuss. Slack was heating up today. It must be that time of year. It was like yep. sandwiches and all day. There was like three hours of sandwich discussion today, John, on Slack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, that's it for, uh, re- our little wrap up on 2021 here. Um, uh, John, I'd like to get sincere here for a moment. If you, if you don't mind, if you would allow me such a, what please, you know, whatever you need, um, to wrap up the year, I just wanted to thank anybody who is listening to this right now, because if you're listening to this right now, what that means is that you Stuck with BGH in probably one of our most like transformative years that we've had. I don't think we've had this much change at BGH since probably the year we launched Patreon. And obviously like this change was not, uh, this was sort of like unexpected change, which is always, you know, more difficult to deal with. You know, we, we lost, uh, Joe and Cece this year and we talked about it kind of briefly when it happened. Um, that was, that was difficult for all of us at the show. I'm sure it was difficult for them. I think that we live in a time now of self-reflection and a lot of times that kind of self-reflection leads to change and changing in priorities and goals and, and, you know, and I think that led them to other places and, you know, they're both our friends and they've been our friends for a long time. We also, we haven't really talked about on the show, but um, we also lost Sophie and Andy this year to kind of similar things, just kind of like realigning of like life priorities and stuff. And those people are all our friends and, and we miss them a lot. And we're very aware that, uh, you know, people who listen, you know, miss, miss those people as well. But, um, you know, I sat, I had pretty real human conversations with everyone around the time this was happening to just kind of check in with everybody and see where they were. Cause it was a shock to the system. I, none of us were really expecting what happened. And, um, in particular, I remember I, I called John, you remember this, John, I think uh, Eric, we had many conversations. That's true. Like. We did. Honestly, John, <laughs> our, our, the conversations you and I had are, were some of my highlights of this year, I think, cause it's well, been, it's been too long since John and I really just like rapped about life. And it's easy with the way we do this show to sort of uh, get uh, comfortable in the sort of rhythms of how we communicate and that kind of thing. But obviously this was a, an opportunity to talk and kind of check in with each other. And I remember saying to John, um, are you still having fun? I remember just asking him like pretty straight out. And his answer to me was uh, yes. And I absolutely have no extra time to <laughs> to <laughs> contribute. But like, my question was, are you enjoying watching the movie and showing up every week and sitting down and talking about it? And the answer was yes. And so for me, that was, that was it. That was all I needed to hear. Cause I, I know I'm still having fun. And as long as my friends are still here, I want to keep doing this. So we had to move pretty quickly. And I had this idea of, um, well, first off, right around the same time, we added Caitlin to the show full time and Caitlin, I want to super thank you for 
just your energy you brought to the show this year. It was like a big boost of enthusiasm and especially organization <laughs> at a time <laughs> when we really needed both of those things. And like you, you are, I say this a lot, but I, I can never say it enough. You are the sort of engine that has um, pushed us through a lot of this year when we were just trying to get our shit together for a lot of it. So thank you. And welcome, Caitlin. We're really, you know, we couldn't be happier to have you as a part of the crew. Well, thank you. It's uh, not to be too corny, but definitely been a dream come true. So, um, You know, we also, um, I want to thank everybody that joined us this year. We obviously had, um, we started this uh, sort of working relationship with the Zombie Girls podcast. Um, my understanding is that they were BGH fans before they started podcasting and have been a part of the kind of universe for a while. And, you know, we got to meet a bunch of really great people this year that I have watched, um, you know, all these people, Rachel, Ariel, uh, Matilda, uh, I think Sarah joined us once. We've also had Elizabeth on a couple times this year, Mondo, um, the homeless professor at BGH, John Shelton joined us a couple times. But with these new people, especially like I've seen all of them bring their own unique set of perspectives to the show. And what I've felt and I think I've seen in other people is that's had an energizing effect on all of us to bring in new perspectives, new life experiences, just new people to the table and points of view and just new energies. Um, and it has made keeping that kind of a rotating people in and out has led almost every show this year to me having a really unique feel. And that's been a kind of a pretty cool thing. And I hope that, you know, the people out there who are still listening have gotten that too, you know, cause it's like, uh, our, our goal this year was that if we can't be the same thing we've always been, let's try to be something new and try to find, um, where the value is in that. And I, it's been incredibly fulfilling for me. So, um, thank you to everybody who is with us. Thank you to everyone who supported us this year on Patreon that, um, continued strong support from people has, um, you know, let us know that we're, we're still doing it and we're on the right track. And so we have done a lot of things, um, towards the end of the year to shore up sort of, um, the things we had to catch up on with Patreon, making sure everybody was sort of straight. We have a lot of ideas and goals this year of things to do with Patreon, I've um, also been doing a job search and I'm about to move again, John. So for people keeping track, that's about eight times in 15 years or something like that. Uh, so my life has been kind of crazy, but I've been really trying to make it a point to st stay up on that stuff. And John and um, Caitlin have both been pitching in as well. And I really appreciate that help from you guys, but stay tuned because um, there's a lot more to come from us in 2022. And um, yeah, just thank you to everyone. Um, I am extremely, extremely thankful for not just having this outlet in my life, but having people who still want to hear it. So we're going to keep doing our thing. Well said. Monster Hunter, bitches. And we it's get to start happen. with Monster Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. Eric signing off with Monster Hunter, bitches. <laughs> this is my reward. <laughs> Have you seen All that right. TikTok meme, Caitlin? It's like a reward. It's like a reward. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't right. seen the TikTok meme. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. That's that's <laughs> enough seriousness for now. Um, Schnars, thank you for your 
delightful year-end show. We love you, buddy. Good job, bud. And um, we're going to hit you back. It's time to start a new year with some Mila Jovovich, and I don't know any other better way to do it. All right, friends. Hope you enjoyed the year-ender. We'll talk to you next week. See you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.